are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you. It is Twitter Thursday. I know I've been promising you the program, Twitter Thursday. We are going to do it today. So I thank you all for your questions. And just as a reminder, if you sent in a question and you don't hear it on today's podcast, it means I probably got it too late after I had recorded this, or uh, it might have already been asked. But uh, if you sent in a question after I recorded the segment, I will try and pick up the question as part of the mailbag that I am doing on the newly rebranded GiantsCountry.com website, which is the maven, the SportsIllustrated.com NFL channel that I produce and I write for. So if you haven't checked that out, please do. We're trying to crank out a lot of good content, trying to keep you guys interested in what we're doing. So hopefully you'll check that out. And uh, lots of great stuff coming up on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Uh, we have some more uh, input from some of the Lockdown hosts around the league about the coaching tires that the Giants have made. We're going to have Brian Peacock on the program at some point to talk about how the 49ers uh, – went from basically being at the bottom of the barrel to a Super Bowl contender and what lessons the Giants can take from that. So just so much more. We've got a crossover show with the Locked on Browns host Jeff Floyd coming up um, in which we revisit the Odell Beckham Jr. and Olivier Vernon trade. So really, really excited about the content. But first, let's get to your questions because that's what it's all about. Twitter Thursday. Black Banjo Tony has a couple questions. Asked, can you comment on allegations that Gettleman and Mara were dissatisfied with some of the Shermer's assistants and coordinators from day one? And can you make an estimation on the difference between the coaches hired for judges staff and those hired for Shermer's staff? Tony, I'm going to kind of answer both questions because I think they kind of tie together. Um, Shermer's staff was kind of slapped together. He was hired late, I think on January 22nd, and I think by the time he was hired and in the saddle, a lot of his choices that he would have liked maybe were not available at that point. So he had to go to second, third, and fourth options. And I remember a comment being made that, you know, look, this is the first time we're all working together as a staff. So there wasn't really, I don't think, a common thread. I think there were guys that Shermer hired that maybe he didn't have a history with. So when you have that kind of unknown, uncharted territory, there can be issues. Now, I don't want to speak for Gettleman or Mara. I don't know what they said or what they thought. But I think the proof was kind of in the pudding there as far as what we saw in terms of the results. And I think that's a big reason why the Giants moved on from that coaching staff. Now, regarding your question uh, concerning the differences between coaches hired for judges staff and those hired for Shermer staff, obviously the biggest difference right now is that judge has some sort of connection with each of the guys who have either been announced as, as a, a coaching uh, addition or have been reported. 
I think there might be a couple of exceptions. Um, Thomas McGahey might be one exception, but McGahey, obviously the Giants are familiar with him. So it's not like he's totally an unknown. Uh, regarding other uh, similarities and differences, I really have to see how the rest of the sh- staff uh, shapes out in order to, to be able to answer that. So, um, you know, once we see who the rest of it is, we will uh, we'll be able to better answer that question. So uh, let's try and revisit that maybe in April. Human1912 has two questions as well. Should we be worried about the emphasis on teachers and teaching in the OC and DC hires considering their lack of successful in-game play calling in recent years? And when do you think the Giants will pick up a backup quarterback? I'll answer that second one first, if I could. Um, Backup quarterback, I think you might see one come in free agency. And I think I wouldn't be shocked also if you see one in the draft, um, whether it be like late on day three or perhaps even an undrafted free agent, somebody that they're going to try and develop. So, um, yeah, I, I do think that's that's probably the safe uh, timeline. Regarding your first question, I would not be too concerned about that. I mean, I think you've got to look at the big picture there. Number one, Jason Garrett, when he called the place in Dallas, if I remember correctly, Dallas had a pretty good offense. Um, they might not have won, you know, the, you know, or in the postseason, but they had a pretty solid and, and offense. And um, so I would not be too concerned about that. Regarding Patrick Graham, I get where you're coming from with your concern. But again, I wouldn't be concerned there because the Dolphins had a lot of injuries on defense. I think they ended the year with maybe one of their def- starting defensive backfield players uh, that were projected to start the year. They traded away guys. Uh, they had all kinds of issues with personnel. So I don't know necessarily that I would worry at this point about, you know, history repeating itself with Patrick Graham here with the Giants. But all right. Thanks for that question. N.A. Pontiero asked, do you think there's room on the field for both Julian Love and, okay, you wrote Julius Peppers. I think you meant, obviously, Jabril Peppers. Um, Yeah, I could see uh, both of those guys as the starting safety tandem. Absolutely. I like what Julian Love showed down the the stretch when he got an opportunity. I do think uh, Jabril Peppers still hasn't scratched the surface of what he's capable of doing, but I was very much encouraged by what he showed um, before he got injured. And uh, I, I, I see no reason why the two of them can't be on the, on the field at the same time. Castaway1919 asks, with a young team and available cap space, which players do you feel the Giants will target? For extensions in the near future, and which do you think will they will let walk? All right, of those that I think are going to walk, obviously Eli Manning, I think you've got to start there. I don't see him being back. I don't know that Mike Rimmers will be back. I have a feeling Russell Shepard will not be back. Zach Diossi probably won't be back. Um, of those that I would maybe look to keep of the unrestricted free agents. I would try to keep Marcus Golden, Michael Thomas for sure. Um, I might look to try and keep Cody Latimer or Corey Coleman, one of the two. Uh, Cody Core would be another guy I would probably look to keep. So um, those are some of the UFAs that I would look to keep uh, for this year. Now, looking ahead, 
Let me just pull up the list of unrestricted free agents scheduled for 2021. Looks like there's uh, five of them as of this writing or as of this recording. Kareem Martin, Red Ellison, Antoine Bethay, Dalvin Tomlinson, and Wayne Gallman. I don't think Martin, Ellison, Bethay are going to be on this team next year. I would be very surprised. So that would really leave Tomlinson and Gallman. I think of those two, Tomlinson would be the guy, obviously, I would look to extend as a as an unrestricted free agent. And then who knows, they might even look to, to redo Saquon Barkley moving forward uh, because after three years, they can go ahead and, and they can uh, – they can uh, – extend him after three years under the current uh, CBA. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe look to do that and uh, get him, you know, at a lower cap number moving forward. All right. Up next, we have uh, Ram Dude 75 asks, this year it looks like the Giants have a great chance to move back in the draft a bit. If so, how, how far back should they go and who are the teams most likely to reach out? Um. I don't know that teams are going to reach out per se, but if I'm the Giants, and I have said this before, um, I would try and look to move down. I would try to see if maybe Miami might be interested in moving up a spot. I would, if not, which, you know, they're only one spot behind the Giants, I would certainly look to see if I could convince San Diego to move up. Uh, especially if Miami doesn't jump up to the number one spot there. I, I know I saw something um, where Miami is allegedly interested in Joe Burrow. I don't think Joe Burrow will, will get to them if they stay where they are. I, I have a feeling that the Bengals will, will, will go for him. Um, so I could see maybe, um, you know, like I said, either Miami or the Chargers who draft fifth and sixth respectively, those would be the two teams if I'm the Giants I would try to do business with in order to pick up more assets um, on the draft. All right, folks, you're listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trina. It is a Twitter Thursday. We're going to take our first break, come back and answer more of your questions. So do stay with us. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep on walking? Well, of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? Well, if you want to start putting money in your pocket, check out MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as whom you're betting on. And when you bet with MyBookie, the options are endless. For example, did you know that MyBookie allows you to bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. Or if you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. And when you join MyBookie now and use the promo code LOCKEDON, MyBookie will double your first deposit. So go on and visit mybookie.ag and don't forget, use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate this special offer for new users. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. 
Welcome back, Giant fans, to Twitter Tuesday. Patricia Trana here with you on the Locked on Giants podcast. Appreciate the questions and appreciate the listens. I just want to give a shout out to all you guys. Thanks to you, we are well on our way to new record numbers here at the Locked on Giants podcast. We are just, as I record this, we are a hair away of hitting 100,000 downloads for the month of January. And we still obviously have uh, a few days left. So I cannot thank you enough. Tremendous. And I really, really do appreciate all the listens and the questions and the feedback. And you guys are the best. No two ways about it. So let's get back to your questions now. We're going to kick it off with Tom Lap 66 who asked, the coaching staff is starting to take shape. Which coordinator or coach hires excites you the most and why? Uh, Tom, actually, the staff isn't yet in place, you know, fully in place. So a lot of the the reports are just that they are reports. So I don't want to get too high or too low on a particular guy. And I especially want to be able to talk to the guys and, and see what they bring to the table. You know, right now, it's kind of a honeymoon period. So it, it's, you know, I was optimistic when Shermer put his staff together. And we all know how that kind of uh, worked out. But with that said, what I will tell you, what excites me the most about the reports is that the, you have a good mix here. You have guys who have specialized or majored in teaching. You also have guys who have played the position at the NFL level who are going to be coaching these guys. And that does make a difference. For example, you look at the defensive backs and Henderson, the, the defensive backs coach that they have reportedly hired. And uh, I do believe that that's, that's definitely happening. He played the position. So how important is that going to be for a young group of players who last year basically look lost? You know, it's, it's, it says a lot to have a player who, or, or I should say a coach who played the position at the NFL level because he just brings a certain element to the picture. And, you know, the same thing with, with, uh, Daniel Jones, you know, uh, Jason Garrett is a former NFL quarterback. He's been there, done that. He's going to be able to provide a perspective that someone who has never played the position at the NFL level probably can't. So I like that approach. Now I am very curious to see who the offensive line coach is. As of this recording, they have interviewed, uh, Mark Colombo who played the position by the way, offensive tackle for the Cowboys is amongst other teams. And Dave DeGuglielmo, who I don't believe played the position at the NFL. Um, if I'm the Giants, if Colombo uh, interviewed really well, I would make him my hire. Because again, that is a position last year on the team that didn't really fare well. And when you have a guy who has played the position and who is your teacher, I don't know. You just tend to get better results, I think. So that would be, um, you know, my take on how the coaching staff is shaping up. Roger Pads asks, I believe the Giants need a big wide receiver. Having a Burris-type player will help Jones a lot in the red zone. Do you think the Giants are planning to add to the young wide receiver core? And is Ingram expected to be that red zone target? All right, Roger, to answer your first question, absolutely. I do think the Giants are going to look to add a, a receiver to the to the core. 
Uh, last year, with the exception really of Darius Slayton, the guys didn't really separate as consistently as you'd like to see. So if they're going to run a vertical offense, more of a vertical offense this year, they are definitely going to have to add somebody who can stretch that field. And ideally, if they can get a big receiver, even better. Um, regarding Evan Ingram being that big red zone target, I think he will be one of if he is healthy. I am very much interested to see how they use him. I have um, said in the past that I did not care necessarily for how Ingram was used in the past. I believe that part of uh, that is why he has had injury issues. So I'm very much curious to see how um, Jason Garrett and, and the rest of the offensive coaches come up with a plan to better utilize Evan Ingram. I just think he could be more of a weapon than what he has been and if they can keep him healthy. And I think they can keep him healthy by stopping, uh, by not asking him to block guys who are 30 to 40 pounds heavier than he is. Night Moves NJ wants to know, how does Freddie Kitchens fit into the Giants' offensive staff? And would he step back to be an offensive position coach? Well, I mean... It's either that or sit out the year. So I, I think, you know, if the reports that Freddie Kitchens has been, has been hired by the Giants, obviously he's willing to step back and be a, a position coach. Um, as to how he fits into the staff, again, just to reiterate, this is a reported hire. It has not been announced. I can't stress that enough. Um, but my guess is he would probably take the tight ends position uh unit and, and be their coach, you know, in as much as the Giants reportedly have a quarterback's coach and Jerry Schlepinski. Um, they reportedly have a uh, Tyke Tolbert, who's going to return as the receivers coach. They've hired Burton Burns as the running backs coach. So I think tight ends would be the, the logical choice for kitchens. So uh, I, I don't think kitchens has had experience coaching, um, uh, offensive line. So, um, yeah, that would be my guess for where he's going to fit in. Next question comes from L.I. Yankee ING22. Would you, if you were the Giants, trade back twice? No, wouldn't do it. Trade back once. Um, I, I, I think, you know, you can pick up some additional assets, uh, if you trade back once, I would not go crazy and keep trading back because then you run the risk of potentially missing out on a stud defensive playmaker, which this team desperately needs. Empire PR man. Now that the coaching staff is almost set, who could Gettleman fall in love with at the senior bowl like Daniel Jones last year? You know what? Uh, check back with me on that one because as I record this, one day of practice is in the books. And I'm just, you know, I, I just want to see how, you know, the report's coming out. I want to catch the game if I can this weekend. So I, I really can't give you an answer right now um, regarding who that might be. But that's a good question. Let's let's revisit that maybe, you know, in the next mailbag or maybe down the line when I start getting some more information and start doing some more film work on these guys. All right, folks, you're listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trena. It is a Twitter t- Thursday. We're going to take our final break, come back and answer more of your questions. So stay with us. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. 
But you may not know that Locked On Giants is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Giant fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Giant fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on Locked On Giants podcast. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help you achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Twitter Thursday here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Patricia Trainer here with you, and we have a few more questions to answer, and these are really good questions, and, and again, thank you, folks, for taking the time to send them in. I'm going to kick it off with Zach Mahoney, too, who asks, how much of a concern is there with Jason Garrett leaving for another head coaching job in a few years, and do you think he might be content with remaining in an offensive coordinator role for years to come? Zach, I wouldn't worry about that. I mean, look, the NFL is such that guys make names for themselves and they move on. And, you know, the hope is that another young or, you know, up and coming uh, coordinator is ready to take his place. So I I wouldn't be too concerned about Jason Garrett leaving. I do think he's probably going to want to get back into the head coaching uh, arena at some point, but you know, for the time being, he's here. Let's see what he does. You know, he's got to he's got to basically, you know, have a strong uh, showing with the Giants' offense, and before I think he gets a, another opportunity to become head coach. Um, and let's see. You also said, do you think he might be content with remaining the uh, an offensive coordinator? Again, it comes down to you either take what you know you can, or you sit out. So um, you know, all the coaching positions filled up. You know, what choice is he going to have right now? It's either take the offensive coordinator role or, or don't work. So, um, you know, that's how I would answer that question. Invisible Bully Zero says, uh, or asks, with everyone so worried about who the OC and DC hires are, I think the hires of a good OLLB and DB coach is vital to improving this team. I like Colombo, Pierce, and Richard for the positions. Thoughts? All right. Well, Richard, uh, obviously, is, I, I don't think is coming here because the Giants hired Henderson um, for that position, reportedly. Again, it hasn't been announced by the Giants. Regarding um, offensive line and linebackers, I would have no problem with Mark Colombo or Antonio Pierce as those spots. I don't know if Antonio Pierce necessarily would want to leave the setup he has down in Arizona uh, with the University of Arizona. Um, But I tell you what, if they could somehow lure him back here as a coach, that unit would just be absolutely sick because Antonio Pierce, there was just none better when it came to studying and dissecting and getting his guys ready. And I think Antonio Pierce would be an outstanding NFL head coach if that is the path he wants to take. But uh, just to your other point about 
them hiring a good offensive line linebacker and defensive backs coach. Those were three areas that the Giants lacked in last year. And I absolutely agree that those are three very important hires for Joe Judge to make. Nieves Martir asks, how much of Jason Garrett's offense was run in Dallas? Was it his offense or his coordinator's offense? I read he will bring an Air Coriel type of offense. Is that similar to what Dallas did? Uh, All right. Jason Garrett, uh, being an offensive-minded coach, probably did have a big influence into the system that was run down there. And it did have elements of the Air Coriel in there. Um, But any coach will tell you, and I'm sure Jason Garrett, when he finally speaks to the media, will tell you that it'll be a collaborative effort. It will also probably be a multiple effort. In other words, I don't think it's going to be purely an Air Coriel. I think you're going to see elements of the West Coast offense. I think you're going to see elements of, you know, uh, power football, the Air Coriel. And I did an article for this on the Giants Maven site, which you can find at uh, GiantsCountry.com. The article's titled, What Will the the, uh, Giants Offense Look Like Under Jason Garrett? So, there are pros and cons to running Air Coriel. I don't know that the Giants have all the personnel that they need to run it, a pure system like that, which is why I think the system will be multiple. You'll take, you'll see a little bit here, a little bit here. You'll see some RPOs, I'm sure. Um, you'll probably see a lot more screens. You'll probably see some more misdirections in the running game. So just really, you know, a, a mixture, if you will, to capitalize on the personnel that they have. Because look, no team ever gets 100% of the personnel that it wants or needs to run a specific system. That's very rare. And I, I just don't think the Giants are going to, you know, be the latest team to, to break that exception. So F. Steve 7 asks, Miami will not give up the 18th to move up one spot to the first round. Maybe they will give up an 18 to move up to the second, but not the fifth. If we move down and stay in the top 10, we will likely get, okay, so that was more of a statement. Frank, you just don't know. I mean, maybe they don't give up the 18th. I don't know that. You're you're right. Maybe it is too much. Um, But maybe if the Giants can get Miami's second round pick or or, or better yet, even their third, I, I would say, you know, if you can get that third round pick, um, which is one spot lower than where the Giants would have picked had they not given that pick uh, to the Jets in the draft. I I would consider that. I mean, I still think the best trade partner might be with the Chargers. You might be able to get a little bit more uh, in that regard. But, uh, you know, it's it's just a thought. You know, I if let's just put it this way. If there was a year for the Giants to trade down, this is it. Now, whether or not they do it remains to be seen. So... All right, up next is J.L. McMahon. Do you think going from the West Coast power spread to Air Korea will lead to some terminology learning curve for time for the offense? Uh, Well, every time you have a new coach come in, a new coordinator, yeah, there's always going to be different terminology to learn. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. Um, I I think what you might be asking here is... is, uh, is there going to be different concepts and whatnot to learn? And, 
Yeah, I mean, it's a new playbook that's coming in. So absolutely, uh, there's going to be a learning curve. And, you know, it's going to be, you're going to see the offense start off probably slowly, as you will probably the defense. But the idea is for them to pick up speed and get to the point where now they're able to, to run it without having to think too much. All right, next question comes from John Spielman. Can we expect judges' staff to be completed after the senior I'm assuming this SB is Senior Bowl. Could coaches on Kansas... Oh, no, Super Bowl. Okay. Could coaches on Kansas City and San Francisco be possible candidates? John, my guess is the coaching staff will probably be completed after the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl is just... It's a hotbed and a job fair market for coaches looking for work. And I I don't know that there are necessarily... um, coaches on the 49ers and the Chiefs that maybe uh, might be looking for, for roles here. You, you would be talking about, you know, lateral moves probably for a lot of these guys. So I just don't think that's going to happen. I think the Senior Bowl, after the Senior Bowl is over, that's a more ris- realistic time for judges' staff to be completed. Okay, now next question. Actually, our last question here it comes via email. And this is from John G. And he asks, according to commonly used draft chart values, what picks could the Giants expect to receive for a trade down uh, to five, six, or seven? John, the, the problem with the question is the picks could come in the following year. So in other words, if you make a trade, and the chart says, okay, you in return, you're going to get picks one, three, and five. Well, some teams are going to defer that. They're, instead of giving it like a ton of picks in the first year, they're going to maybe say, okay, look, we'll give you this year's one and next year's three and five. And what screws everything up is just, you don't know how that team is going to draft, what the draft order is going to be in 2021. So it's really difficult to answer that question right now because I would have to base it on the 2020 draft order. And I just don't know that a team, unless a team has like a ton of picks that they can play around with, I don't know that there's going to be any one team that's going to necessarily want to give up, give up premium picks on for this year's draft and not try to defer some of those picks to next year. So, yeah, kind of a tricky question. I'll try and uh, revisit that when I get a little closer to the draft and I start looking at potential draft scenarios. But right now, it's just just really a tough one to try and forecast, you know. Uh, But I'll I'll, I'll give it a shot, you know, when when I sit down and I write up mock drafts and whatnot. So... All right, folks, that is this week's questions. And again, thank you so much for the support, for the questions. I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you tune in tomorrow to Locked on Giants. We're going to continue uh, visiting with other Locked on hosts to get some input into the reported assistant coaching hires. Um, And we're just going to keep you know, bringing you great content. We got some great stuff lined up for next week. And I'm really excited to share it with you. So, We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Have a great one.